0: Friends, Alan Dale and Jerry Carew, who grew up just a few streets apart in St. John's East End, have been separated by Canada's geography for three decades. They came together virtually during the pandemic to chat about like-minded interests. Alan lives in PEI and Jerry in Newfoundland. Thriving in remoteness has been a common theme for both of them during the pandemic. Gale Force wins. The podcast is the result. Well, here we are in a very interesting place for sure. Are we ever. Are we ever, Jerry, yeah. We're on board the uh, HMCS Margaret Brooks. It's a Harry DeWolf class Arctic Offshore Patrol ship. It's brand spanking new. Now, Jerry and I just had the pleasure of walking through Irving Shipyard where we actually saw the steel being cut and assembled to produce this amazing ship. I can tell you right now, this thing here is something that all canadians should be proud of what a combination of government academia and industry everybody working together to produce this amazing ship but this ship does not work on its own this ship needs people to make it function and as i was walking through the ship today i ran into a person whose smile lit up the room and i said i've got to talk to this person on gale force winds so without further ado, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am the operations officer on board uh, the Margar Brook My name is Natalia Podstrow. Very uh, interesting uh, background, as you can tell from the last name. Um, so born and raised in Poland. Uh, my parents, interestingly enough, my mom is Polish, my dad is Russian-German, so a very right. interesting mix there. Right. Um, so I moved to Canada when I was 10 years old. Right. Spoke no English whatsoever, and my parents both endeavored to move into a community that wasn't so Polish-oriented because we wanted to learn the language, learn the, the ways of Canada. Right. Um, I was born in a very, very regimented uh, household. Tell me about you that. You know, like you got up every morning at a certain time, you got dressed, made your bed, you ate you know, you ate with the family, you'd go to school, you'd come home and it was a very routine oriented household. You know, there was chores like making sure that my father's boots were always clean. Okay. It's really? a shining sh- Oh, my brother and I were shining my father's shoes. Yes. So already
2: But I'm just to say boys <laughs> if you're watching this, you hear this? My boots better be shine when I get home. So
1: this is from a very early age. Um you know, and it was I wasn't it was a it was a loving family, right. um, yes. but very different, yeah. you know. And this is this goes back sort of to how they were raised. Yeah. My father came from a military background. I was going to ask. It kind
2: of sounded like that. Oh yes. Um,
1: And you know, calling my dad sir—that was very common. Really? Oh, very different. Very different. So he
2: was an officer,
0: obviously. Then he was an officer. Yes, he was. In the Russian military.
1: Russian military. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, So he was an officer. And you know, I don't know all the, the ins and outs of right. his upbringing, but yeah. just from you know how I was raised, I could tell that he was in a, from a very strict household as yeah. well. And I think that's pretty much what what led me to wanting to join the military. Although I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know Canada had a military.
0: Okay, well, this is good. Sorry. I want to. Okay, I want to. I want to <laughs> stay. <laughs> old
1: were you when you came. So I was 10 years old. Okay. But my father, my, my dad came here earlier just to yeah. sort of get yeah. the lay of the land. Right. Okay. And then my mom and my brother we immigrated here after. I
0: want to stay in Poland for a second. Right. Tell me about that. What do you remember going up there? The food and all that. Oh yeah.
1: So I distinctly remember going to a deli shop and still like you know Poland was a communist right so still remember not having any monetary exchange so okay. going with like stamps all right. where you were you know based on your your household yeah. you know you know you have four people this is how much food you're right. bought yeah. So I remember those interactions yeah um, I do remember having unlimited number of sports to, to be a part of yeah because back then um, it doesn't didn't matter how much money you had right. kids all had Whether you were from the lower class or from the higher class, we were all into sports. Education was great from what I remember. Yeah. Um, but what it was, was your sport? What
0: did sports did you like? So my
1: parents really put me into rowing. Okay. That, wow. was, that was a big thing, That's and that cool. that actually translated when I came to Canada. As well. it's yeah. I Pursued yeah. and continue I'm
0: starting to see some connections here. Military right? rowing. It's oh, all start. Really? Some of the things are starting to make it's sense. It's all connected. <laughs> it's starting. It's all connected.
1: It really is. So you're
0: 10 years old. You arrive in Canada. Yes. Tell me about the first few years in Canada for you?
1: It was challenging. Uh, it was a culture shock for me. As a 10-year-old, I had my friends back home. Yeah, and tennis, sure. tennis its a difficult time, yeah. right? Because you're sort of in that you know, teeny teenage uh, age. Yeah. Uh, I just remember like even dressing was different. Right. You know, I remember going to school for the first, my first day of school and my mom put me in, and I'll never forget this, was a yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> my hair was in pigtails because that was cool back it. sure
2: your first day here, she did that yeah, yeah.
1: Well, she didn't know any better yeah, yeah.
2: right you're one of the cool girls then in a yellow jumpsuit we don't? thought it was <laughs>
1: right but it certainly yeah. wasn't. It wasn't it was it was difficult it really was you know
2: all this I can't, I'm laughing now but I cannot I don't mean to diminish that that would have been challenging. it was
1: challenging because I just no. spoke no English
2: and then and, and, and Canadians were probably not that friendly to you no, in that scenario was, I think about it. right
1: who's this weird a, girl, right? Yeah, I mean, like, what, look at her. Look at how she's dressed. Doesn't yeah. begin any English. My manner was very different. I'm sure. Right? You know?
0: You're shining well, boots.
1: Well, that's it, right? That's Kids were, you know, <laughs> yelling out things. And here I am, you know, raising my hand or not. And it was just, it's a very, it was, yeah. it was a very challenging time. Luckily, we had hooked on phonics.
0: Okay, nice. I don't know if you heard
1: about it. It's oh a fantastic yeah. program. It's right. really worked for me. Okay. I did do Hooked on father I did
2: something like that on records. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it though. But anyway, yeah, go ahead.
1: So, yeah, so just you know, slowly progress yeah. learning the language. and um, Wow. So
0: yeah. schooling, do you remember schooling? Like What did you do? You went to high school in Canada? Yes, yeah,
1: so I did. So back home in Poland, like here you learn French as your second language. Right. So back then we were taught Russian as our second language, not English, which okay. is now has completely changed. Right. Um, so we did that, and coming here, learning English, that's all I, I did. But my right. parents really wanted to still ensure that I spoke Polish. Okay. So Polish is my first language. Wow. Still it. So
0: you speak Polish? You speak I'm Russian
1: still? So? Russian, not so much right. anymore, based yeah. on just, you know, I speak to my family yeah, in Polish. Yeah. Right. Um, but one day I will endeavor to go, to go sure. back into the books and, uh, and learn Russian. But um, So I did, you know, high school, I learned uh, English, did all that and I uh, went off to university. Where'd you go? Get this, I went to Queen's University. Okay. And where's RMC? Right next door. Right there. And I s- never, f- I put two and two together. Yeah. Military, Canada's yeah. a military, yeah. right? Right. Never put two and two together.
0: What well, we were you studying at Queen's?
1: Psychology. Okay. Cool.
0: Okay, so you're in Queens, you yes, see these Queens. people around in red yes. uniforms. Yes. you guys say, okay, Canada's got a military. Then what happens?
1: Nothing. Okay. Nothing happened. So this whole time, I could have had this amazing education, <laughs> right. a free education yeah. through RMC. Right. right? You no, know, I decided to go Queen's, you know, lots of uh, debt afterwards. <laughs> but um, I was actually at a award competition one day, and there was this bus, a recruiting bus. Okay. And at this point, I, you know, I got into finance, I worked for TD, I worked the corporate life. Um, this, this is after university. In Toronto. In Toronto. Okay. Yeah, I worked right on Young, yeah. TD, right? Yes. Hated that. This oh, is just a, not my thing, no, right?
2: This is a little bit different. Than you would think, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um, so I, you know, I was really tired of that that lifestyle, and this bus was there. I went in. And they were asking all these questions. I thought, you know what? I'm going to be infantry. I'm an active person. I love sure, physical yeah. activity. Yeah. I want to be in the trenches. I want to be digging. Yeah. You know? You think military, right? You watch yeah. all these movies. That's what you think, yeah, right? right? Navy, I didn't even know they had Navy. Right,
0: fair enough. Yeah.
1: They're like, Do you have a degree? I said, I do. Like, you're going to be an officer. Yep. I'm like, Okay. You know what? You're the kind of person who wants to drive warships. I'm like, We have warships? <laughs> this is so, awesome. So, this is like, it's, awesome. it's a recruiting, right? So, yeah, they give you a CD. They're like, You know what? Here's, a, here's my information. Yeah. Take this CD and watch it. I did. And it was remarkable.
0: Tell me about that.
1: Well, it was like, you know, you're driving a warship, you have all these small boats, right? It's.
0: It was exciting. Right?
1: Right? I'm like, this is I love concurrent activity. I love a regimented lifestyle. This is what I grew up with. I want it. So I signed up. But it was really interesting because at the same time I was kind of going through the RCMP process. Uh-huh. Okay, all
0: right. Yeah. Keeping iron's in the fire.
1: Right? But the you know the RCP was going through a lot of sort of changes yeah. and that process was taking a long time. And so I went through the whole process of getting to the military. I signed up. I got in, and then three weeks later, the RCMP sent me an offer. Okay. No I said, way. you know what? I'm At this point, up. I am Thanks. so excited for yeah. the Navy. I could drive a warship? Absolutely. And so. Oh so my God! Here oh, I am, now right?
0: the story. Out. Come on, it's <laughs> remarkable. It's remarkable. Okay, I want to. I want wearing know. Okay, so here we are.
1: Yes. Now we're here.
0: We're in the Navy. We're here. On board this incredible ship. Yes. I want to go back a little bit though before you got to where you are sure. right now. Sure. You, okay. you fit a lot in from what you've just described to me, what was it like the first time you went to sea? Do you remember that feeling?
1: Oh, do I ever. Uh, So my first day at sea was a very interesting, so I've, I never thought I could be seasick. Right. But I was extremely seasick. Yeah. And it's one of those things that sticks with you forever. You remember. To this day, I'm still seasick. Now you really? do a, you do a, a little cold move yeah. and this sea state which is nothing, it's glass, it's
0: sea state. You get a little motion sickness. You do. Okay, yeah.
1: But I'll tell you, aside from that, it was an eye-opener. You're seeing a city on water just floating. Yeah. we are self-sufficient. And you think about like how everything works and how people, how all, like, the amount of work that goes into making this machine run, it's remarkable. And everybody knows their place. Right. So when there's chaos, because usually when you go to see it for the first time, it's chaos. Right. Because they're testing all these organizations. Yeah. yeah. But everybody knows where they're going, and it's remarkable to see it.
0: Yeah. It's just like all the it's parts like coming an, together. It's right. right. It's like
1: an orchestra. Right. Yeah. You you have all these all these parts working together, but it's making it work. it's right. Just amazing. Yeah. And I remember, I remember the CEO on the bridge because I was I was um, a bridge watchkeeper. We're we'll right. going through that process. Yeah. So my main job yeah. was on the bridge. I just remember the CEO just being so calm and collected, and just seeing that leadership and their their way of being was like that is remarkable, and yeah. that, that that's what ignited me to keep moving
2: forward. Right. Well, you know, exactly. it's funny. You know, we we met two naval warfare officers a couple okay. Yes, yes. Officers. I'm sorry, you're
1: two right. Two ladies
2: on the Toronto while I was on the bridge. They felt they calmed me like it was just they're spectacular yeah. to it see is. them it doing is. the
0: thing. Yeah, there's certainly a presence that uh, people have when they're in control of a situation, and and I think that uh, the Navy really trains that well to keep the presence, keep things calm, oh, it's keep the things level. 100%. So, what do you do on board this ship?
1: So, on board the ship, I am the operations officer. So, does
0: that mean that you are a Fully trained operations room officer now?
1: So I finally finished my long year course to be qualified to to be an operations officer. And to be the first one on board the ship was pretty exciting. Not That's a pretty really like, tough right? course, right? That it's just a just... very challenging course. That's a very, very challenging, challenging course.
0: course. I mean, actually, you've got to, there's many steps to get to that course. A
1: lot of steps, a lot of years, right? a lot of challenges, yeah. but I'm here. And, and this
2: is all new technology, so there's extra steps, I would imagine? I will
1: tell you, this has been the steepest learning curve for myself, on the but the, on the ship, but yeah, yeah. the most rewarding. Right. So learning... A new job yeah. as an operations officer, learning a whole new class of ship, learning all the per- so it's a much smaller cadre of people as well, right. but the same amount of work. So, tr- so figuring out all those challenges, but mo- but most importantly, figuring out my leadership style.
0: Yeah,
1: right, because what my leadership style right now will set the tone
0: for right i don't think i changed much ahead. about you i can tell you that you've got, a, you've, got a pretty, you've got a pretty engaging style she does yeah right yeah, you draw people in and and people want to talk to you when people are talking that's a good thing when people shut down and they're not that's talking it. right that's a good thing. But you learn from the
1: good and you learn from the bad that's as well, right? Same. And throughout the career, I have to say, you know, I've been quite lucky to have a lot of great mentorship. Right. But you know, you come you come across some, you know, where you say, you know what, that's not how I want to be and I'm going to work really hard to not have those sort of yeah. traits. And you know, that's
0: how I think, so everywhere. I, listen, uh, we often ask, we often ask our guests to leave the audience with a piece of advice. Now, you've had a pretty interesting journey. Yes. There's no doubt about it. What would a piece of advice be, not only for the military, but in life? What would you say to people? What, what keeps you moving? What keeps you going?
1: So for me, I think it's surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, sometimes the work itself may not be the best, but if you surround yourself with positive people, it'll get you through that day. So for me, it's surrounding yourself with the right people and good people.
2: Jerry, your thoughts? Well, you know, we hear that a lot, frankly. You know, Alan and I got 52 hours of interviews done on this podcast, but it's an absolute pleasure to to listen to you talk about that and the excitement that you have. And I can tell why. Like, I don't know if anyone can see it, it's this this <laughs> this incredible bridge. But to have you in it just, I think, completes the package. Well, you. thank you. It's been so, a pleasure, and it's you. it's
1: an exciting time for myself and the ship has. Uh, there's a lot of exciting times ahead, so I'm, I'm glad to
2: be a part of it. Well, today. you know, I'm, I'm a guy from St. John's, and I always say that it's going to get old for anyone who listens to us, but we look forward to seeing you and this ship in St. John's. I'll be there to
0: greet you.
1: We're working on it. <laughs> I'm the one that can make it happen, myself and the CEO. So. All right.
0: <laughs> well, an, another wonderful uh, episode of Gale Force Winds. I'm just going to say this. If you can't find inspiration in this story, I don't know how you can't it's unbelievable really remarkable and thank you very much for sharing your story with us inviting us in thanks for smiling and catching our attention to want to talk to you it's absolutely wonderful and thank you for what you're doing for canada we certainly appreciate it thank you very much for the time thank
1: you
2: Thank you very much.
0: Well, uh, another great addition of Gale Force Winds. And uh, Jerry and I, as we mentioned earlier, had the pleasure of walking through Irving uh, Shipyard, seeing uh, these wonderful Arctic offshore patrol ships being built. And i got to tell you, it was pretty remarkable to see the steel come in one end, big modules being put together at the other end. And then you walk right out the door, and there's a brand new warship right in front of you. You're right. It was incredible. It was unbelievable, Jerry. But here's the best part. Somebody gets to be in charge (laughs) of that brand new, shiny warship, and that's got to be a privilege. So without further ado, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
3: Hi, I'm... I'm Commander Nicole Robichaud and I'm a commanding officer of HMCS Margaret Brooke, our newest AOPV that just came off the line uh, and what, delivered. What, what
2: does that AOPV stand for?
3: Arctic Offshore Patrol Vessel. Right. Uh, so it was delivered to the RCN on the 15th of July and we're now getting it ready to go and take it out on uh, our first sail in mid-November.
2: It still has the new car
0: smell. It's got new it's got car smell. It sm- totally new car 100%. smell. 100%. <laughs> Nicole, where are you from originally?
3: So, I've moved around a lot as a kid, but yeah. I, uh, I moved to Red Deer, Alberta. I went to junior high and high school in Red Deer, Alberta, so I consider that home.
0: Red Deer, Alberta. I don't see the connection.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not many people do. No, okay, <laughs> not,
0: what was it about the sea?
3: Uh, well, as a kid, I was in sea cadets, so yeah. I, I was a sea cadet from the age of 13 to 19, and then I was also a sea cadet officer until I just, uh, until I just joined the Red Force yeah. in 2002. So through my time in sea cadets, I got to go and spend the summers out in HMS, or out in Comox, B C, at H M C S Quadra. Wow. And from there, I got to go and drive on boats, uh, learn how to drive the training vessels, sailing. So I spent more time out, out I mean, west <laughs> in the ocean than.
0: What was the name of your sea cadet corps? R C S C
3: C Red Deer. R C S C Red Deer.
0: Yeah, that's
3: where yeah. I was a cadet.
0: Yeah. And then you went out to Quadra every summer.
3: Every summer, and then uh, when I went to university, I went to university at U of, uh, University of Alberta, okay. and I switched over and became an officer at RCSC Resolute in Edmonton, Alberta.
0: My goodness gracious. So, it's amazing, you know, y- you'd be surprised how many guests we've had on, and not all military, that have a, a foundation in the cadet organization. It's
3: the best program out there. Well, tell me uh, about, I about it. it was right there, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, well,
0: tell me about it. What it's, it? it meant it's to the you.
3: best program out there. It goes and teaches kids uh, self-discipline, uh, time management, responsibility, uh, self-confidence. So right. uh, you go and do ju- do things that you never, that a typical kid would not do. So. Going away from home each summer to go and meet new people from all across Canada. So I have a wide network of friends from uh, from West Coast all the way to Newfoundland and uh, up north even. Like so, right. it's it's just a remarkable experience. The best program out there.
0: So it's interesting, right? I came through the cadet program as well. <laughs> I was in R C S E C Terra Nova. That's where I went to cadet, and I still have friends to this day. From when I was in cadets, I is that the too. same for you? Yeah,
3: that's the same for me.
0: Yeah, so what is that about? Why is that? I don't
3: know, it's not many people can go and say they've maintained friendships from uh when they're a teenager, so it's going on 30 years now, right? If not more, <laughs> and it's
0: because we've done something together, right? Mm-hmm. You go out to Quadra and stuff, and Quadra is a fun place to be,
3: it is a fun right? place, yeah. Tell us
0: where that is, our audience wouldn't even know where that is.
3: So it's a uh, Comox, British Columbia, so yeah. it's uh, it's out on a spit. Uh, called Goose Spit and they have a a cadet training camp there uh, that they go and, uh, during summers they go and bring about a thousand cadets from all over Canada to participate in various activities and and coursing Uh, and as they keep going out there they move up from uh, levels of responsibility to the the point where uh, 18 and 19 year olds are running the the establishment with the supervision of the officers.
0: Now when I was at, because I went Quadra as well, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, so when I went to Quadra as a kid, they had this crazy thing, and it scared me, and I still remember it today. Called jetty jumping. Jetty jumping? Do they still have, <laughs> they that? still
3: have that. Did you do that? I did do that. It was always a thing to try to do it, uh, participate in the jetty jump at the lowest tide of the the summer. Right. So you could have a you could have a fall as high as. We are standing off the water right now on Margaret
0: <laughs> Yeah, That's true, Jerry. So we were little kids, and we would walk off and jump in the water, right?
3: Exactly. And you'd
0: get a little badge, as I remember. You got a
3: little pin that you got a jetty Jump, yellow one with right. red uh, wings. Ladies um, and gentlemen, I'm
2: getting jealous now. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have this experience.
0: <laughs> okay, but do you know who else has the Quadra um, experience uh, with us in common? Do you know who else went to Quadra? And was the coxswain of Quadra?
3: Admiral Santerpia. Admiral Santarpia. That's <laughs> yeah.
0: right. and it. And it's funny. I get into conversations with people said say, I went to Quadra. I went to, it's a really neat thing. I, I agree. The cadet organization is a pretty special thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, and it, this is kind of what brought you here.
3: It is. In the yeah. long run, there was a little bit of a story, like, getting there. But, yeah. Well, oh, come um, on.
0: Let's hear the story. Okay.
3: So. Uh, I went to University of Alberta, and I have my degree, Bachelor of Forestry. So I went and worked in the forestry industry for a couple of years. Um, unfortunately, the forestry industry tanked, and so yeah. I was doing odd jobs, consulting. But I didn't like working paycheck to paycheck. Right. So uh, I decided I, I knew I liked this military thing. I knew I was I could do it. Um, so. I went and signed up for the Reich Force and you and behold, almost 20 years later, here's where I am. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's
0: incredible, right? I mean, it is 20 years to get to this.
3: Yep. What does, I mean? So
0: tell us where we're stood. So tell us about the ship, a little bit about the ship.
3: So HMCS Margaret Brooke, as mentioned, it's uh, the newest ship that the Royal Canadian Navy has. Uh, it was. Uh, it's an Arctic offshore patrol vessel, so we are going to be going and operating up north in the Arctic and Canada's Arctic and representing uh, Canada and, and, and showing our sovereignty up north. Um, do you want to know like what, what well, she named you that know, after? Before you, go on,
2: you know, I just want to bring you back to when we interviewed one of the young uh, sailors on the HCS Toronto. Yeah. We asked him about all the places he visited in the world. Do you know the one place he said was the most striking for him? Canada's north and I'm still it's, inspired by what that young man said to me and I'm listening to you talk about that our sovereignty in the north is so
0: important well and you know what and misunderstood right? So right tell us about the north why is it so special
3: it's not everyone goes there right. right and you go and see I don't know you just see the icebergs which everyone's fascinated with you you can see the the wildlife which we don't get to go and see here just the the way of living is different um there's a majestic factor about it i I think it's just because it's to me it's an unknown so it's it's very majestic and the fact that i get to go and travel up there on board this ship is just
0: you get to go up there and travel on a pretty cool ship i do okay right (laughs) so that's cool in of itself ship doesn't function on its own and it is beautiful the ship really is it it is truly something all of canadians should be proud of but it functions with the people inside it. It Tell me about those folks.
3: So uh, the crew has been posted to HMCS Margaret Brooke for some of them as long as two and a half years now. And so if you go and do the math two and a half years and we just got the ship on the 15th of July, a lot of people have gone and put a lot of time and effort to make sure that Margaret Brooke is what she is right now. So I am looking forward to taking these people out on our inaugural sale in November so that we can go and see the work come to fruition to see that yes we've all worked together it's it's huge right. we went from a bare-bones steel ship to bringing everything on board to making sure that we can go to sea as a as a group uh, a lot of training that's been uh, been happening a lot of storing the ship making sure that we're ready to go so to go and see that first time that we're off the wall, so we're not tied up to a right. jetty yeah and then the looks on on the crew's face there's a lot of time and effort that went into this
0: What's it going to feel like when you just back away from the jetty for the first time?
3: Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. But that'll be an inside that no one else but me will feel right.
0: that. <laughs> but you'll know you're ready for it and all we're, that. We're ready for it. So right. the
3: team has gone and put the time and put the training, uh, we, we've done, by the time we get there in November, we will do everything that we could possibly have done to ensure that we're ready for this.
0: You know, uh, Natasha, we always um, ask our guests to leave the audience with a piece of advice you've had a great journey for sure and not only have you had a great journey to get here quite frankly you're in the middle of a great journey (laughs) and on a trajectory i mean it's going to be a lot of fun the next however many years that you stay doing this on behalf of the country what would a piece of advice be
3: um go out and do it like uh i don't know you're never going to go experience stuff unless you go out and do it uh, and as you go and do your your, your journey, you're going to make a, mistakes along the way. Don't be afraid to make those mistakes. Rather, learn from the mistakes and don't do them again. Sure. Make it
0: better. Right. Make it better. Yeah. Jerry, your thoughts? Well,
2: um, you know what? I don't think everybody gets a sense of what I'm seeing as you speak. <laughs> and it's happened to me multiple times as we sailed from St. John's, uh, interviewing various people. Your story is incredible, but there's there's also another character in, in what we're doing with the Navy and that's the, the location and, and the ships. And as I stand here, Alan is here, you are here, Halifax Shipyard is right there. I, I'm so proud to be a Canadian. Mm-hmm. What this ship is and the steel and metal and bolts that we saw earlier this morning and now to meet you taking command, um, and, and exhibiting the leadership to say, you know what, I'm going to be nervous. See, that's what I like T- about terrified. leaders. Yeah, terrified. <laughs> terrified. Terrified, she said. Yeah, <laughs> under, yes, <laughs> terrified, <laughs> not only nervous, she's going to be terrified. Yeah.
0: Thank you, ma'am, for uh, coming and uh, doing very this much. with us. <laughs> well, uh, another wonderful edition of Gale Force Winds, and Jerry's right, the setting is beautiful, the ship is spectacular, and I don't think you can gauge it fully on the podcast, And I can tell you one thing that you can't gauge fully on the podcast is the amount of passion this woman has for what she's
3: doing right now. I can't begin to tell you how pleased I am that we were in conversation with you today. The world needs
0: more. Natasha Robichaux.
3: Uh, I agree, and you know what? Because I'm so inspired, I'm
2: actually going to show everybody what we're looking at. Um,
0: <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. Cool. You know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're gonna that. Thank
3: you for tuning in to Gale Force Winds. That's Gale Force Winds, dot com.